0: Good morning, Oak Grove family. Joe Comrade, good to see you again. Uh, I get to be part of a a special cog in this lovely community called Oak Grove Church, which welcomes people to get to know Oak Grove Church better. What are our doctrines? What do we sit on? What's the important thing about being part of a local uh, covenant community uh, that everyone uh, should desire to make and be part of a local team in God's uh, kingdom expansion? Today, we get a chance to meet the bishops. Jeff and Jennifer and some wee ones here. And we're going to hear a little bit about their story, about how they came to come to know the Lord, and then why they want to uh, make Oak Grove Church their uh, church home. So why don't you share a little bit, just a little bit, where are you are from? How would you, you know, get here? And then uh, step into your faith stories a little bit here. Let's give them a little round of applause, shall we? Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah,
1: so I'm originally from Omaha. She grew up here in the area. Um, We came here, started coming here three and a half years ago. That we'll kind of get into a little bit. But uh, started coming here through the Johnsons. Uh, Shout out to those guys over there. But um, yeah, it's been a a great family community ever since here. So a little bit about my my testimonies. I grew up in the church down in in Omaha. Uh, My great-grandfather started our church. And so definitely grew up, you know, you know, was always raised and had a deep understanding of the gospel and so forth. Uh, really started to grow um, during college at Northwestern here in town. There wasn't really one point, um, but a lot of different experiences that really shaped who I am today, from mission trips I took to Bible studies back in college, um, and all the way to honestly dealing with some pretty heavy anxiety for several years. Um, you know, definitely leaned on my relationship with the Lord. To get me through that, uh, one key verse that I wanted to share just uh, that I'll always remember. Psalm 21, may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God, of Jacob, protect you. It was always on my heart back in college when I was dealing with it up until like 2018 or so. Now we have four boys here, as you can see. So just trying to raise them to be men of Christ and uh, sharing, teaching them what it means to live like godly warriors. They mean the world to us. I was raised by wonderful parents, especially my, my dad and his dad my grand my grandpa. Men of God, so I've always had a lot of people to, to help me shape, you know, my life and who I was. Um, and lastly, for me, is one of my biggest prayers always is that I have a solid and fruitful impact on my four boys. These guys mean the world to me. Never in a million years would I have imagined that I have, I'm raising four kids, little and four boys, and a two and a half month old here, and a 10-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a four-year-old, and as much as it's hard and you know, challenging, it's, it's a joy, and we love it, so God's constantly leading me, leading us in the right direction to give our boys, you know, a solid foundation there.
2: And I'm Jen, I grew up here in Plymouth, um, Jeff and I met at Northwestern College, and we moved away for 10 years or so in Nebraska and Colorado, and then back to Minnesota, and We are very thankful to be here. Um, I grew up in a similar situation, a strong Christian family. Um, Both my parents were strong believers and set that foundation for my sister and I um, to be just in a Christian environment all through our life growing up. um, We attended a Christian school and Christian colleges and I'm just so thankful for that foundation uh, that we had, especially as we faced some hard challenges in life and just things that felt really heavy. I was thankful that I had the leadership of my parents um, and just their testimony and how they taught my sister and I to rely on Christ all the time. Um, Similar to Jeff, it was things like mission trips and Bible studies and women's groups that really solidified my faith through these past few years and we are thankful to be at oak grove we love the children's ministry here um all of the families and just the community that feels so welcoming when you walk in yeah
1: that's about it for us yeah i mean really it's felt like a family ever since we came here three and a half years ago honestly there's you know we we're just talking about there's two things that you know probably everyone looks for in a church it's you know sunday mornings and that it's gospel center in the community and every time we walk in here it feels like family it's it's a joy we love we love coming here boys are involved Sunday school one on Wednesday nights um, so you know and then the you know the teachings that we always get from Brad I mean we always take something out of it so it's uh, you know a great joy and it's a journey being here so it's fun
0: amen amen well that's great too because <laughs> and to be part of uh, the church at least for our requirements you know there's the membership doesn't exist as far as a, a biblical concept, but as you think about the, the times where New Testament talks about the local church, the context is always a local fellowship uh, 90% of the time. And so it seems that you're to be part of a local community. You, you sign the contract, you'd be part of that team. If that's a place where you're at, if, you, if you've if you not, you know, formally signed that contract with Oak Grove Church, we, we'd love to have, have that, you, know, you take that time to Get to know the Oak Grove class and enjoy some time with me, and learn more about what we're all about. But to be part of that, because we we'd love to have y'all here. But if you're here and you're supposed to be somewhere else, you know we hold everyone like this in the palm. We we want you to be where God wants you to be. We're not marketing anybody that this is the only place. We want you where God wants you. And if you're supposed to be here, we'll sign the deal. And part of that is, uh, first of all, requirement: be saved. Get that figured out. You know, if, you, if you're not sure where you stand before the Lord, ask someone, myself, pastor, but believe the gospel, get saved, take care of that first and foremost. Two, the baptism you saw here, be baptized. Get, through our, get to an Oak Grove class, and then that's between you and the Lord if you want to be part of our, our covenant community here. So if you are getting a nudge, I got to get that baptism taken care of, or, you know, I think it's time for me to to put both feet in and be part of this local church family, let's get that done. Please do so. Contact Brad, Pastor Grant, myself, Shannon, any of us around here. We'd love to have you plug in. But don't drag your feet anymore. Make some decisions. 2024 is here. Society's crazy. It's time to get the team, everybody's gifts operating in action, and making some disciples impacting the community. Because if you haven't recognized, God's still in the business of changing lives, and he loves to use us. So I'd like to pray for the bishops, if you wouldn't mind praying with me. Then we'll give them a big Oak Grove Church family welcome clap after that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise again as you continue to work in the lives of, of the individuals. You've got this one-on-one ministry because, Lord, the truth is is we're all in, in special ed as far as the kingdom of God. We think we're pretty smart, and you probably shake your head time and time again with us. But you love us we're free we're free forever amen as the song said and we just welcome this lovely family that they would indeed begin to share their gifts uh, with our church to plug into some ministries as well as to continue to see these boys uh, discipled encouraged uh, these people plug into uh, one-on-one in their small groups around uh, oak grove church and the surrounding community that they would live the gospel as they go throughout the week it's a, it's a great business to be in, Lord, to wake up every day and to get to serve you, our King and our Heavenly Father. And so we just welcome the Bishop family to us today, and we just pray a, a prayer of protection for them as they took this big step of faith, but may they continue to stay encouraged and be salt and light and draw people from their network into our uh, Oak Grove Church family. So we just give you praise again for them. Bless them and keep them in Christ's name. Amen. Let's give a big Oak Grove family welcome to the bishops.
3: Okay, my name's Barbie Anderson, for those who do not know, and I um, am in charge of the children's ministry at Oak Grove Church and so the first thing I want to say, two things, first thing I want to extend a warm welcome to the bishops, they already those boys are already um, very special to us and this is a great, great thing, so such a warm welcome to them. Um, And number two If you go downstairs to Grove Kids, they're down there now. So if you want to go down, now's the time. The nursery's open and Grove Kids is in session. So go ahead and go. Um, Anyway, now as I'm looking across at all of your faces, some I know, some I don't know, I'm wishing that all the notes I had written while I was at home, I had not thrown in the garbage and decided to wing it, but here goes. So, Brad had told us to tell stories of how we saw God working in our ministries this year. So, as you can read in the little thing that I put in the annual report, um, I saw God working mostly in the volunteers that he gave us, has given us. So, when you were kids, many of you might have done catechism, and one of the very first questions is, what is the chief end of man? And man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Unless we think that that's just men's words, the Bible says the same thing in 1 Corinthians 10 31. Whatever you do, eating, drinking, whatever, do it for the glory of God. So that's what Grove Kids wants to do. We want to glorify God by making him known to the kids. We want them to know he's holy, he loves them, he provided a way for them, and that's what our teachers do. And what we've seen this year is a renewed, it's been a, it's been a year with challenges as far as um, keeping our children's ministry staffed, and what we've seen God do is be extraordinarily faithful. He has shored up the resolve and the commitment of many of the people who have, are already down there, um, and they bring their husbands when we're short, and they bring their children, their youth group children down to help when we're short and they come at great personal sacrifice and we appreciate that. And God has brought new people to come. And these people glorify God with the kids. They glorify their God during VBS. They come and they're faithful and they're committed. And during soccer camp, they're talking to the neighborhood and we're meeting families in Golden Valley. And we have relationships with other churches that we value. And we're getting to know them. And um, anyway, all that to say that God has been faithful, and that is where we've seen him working. He works in everything. He, I could tell you a hundred different stories with the kids of um, how their hearts change, how their actions change, how they love the Lord, how they memorize scripture, how they sing their little hearts out, how they take leadership, how they help each other. I could tell you a hundred stories, but this year it's the unsung heroes whose names you don't even know, who work downstairs. So, while I'm not going to name them, because if you know me, you'll know I'll forget, at least two or three. So, what I'm going to do is contact me if you want to know all their names, I'll send you a list and you can pray for them, because Satan gives them a hundred different reasons not to be faithful and not to be committed all the time. And yet God can God can work in that. And he has and he does. So that is Grove Kids God's story for this year. And I think I'm passing the torch here to Ross.
4: I didn't make me to make the <laughs> for Those kids cheering for me. I know. Those teenagers Shame Bob thinks you were cheering for her. <laughs> 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 I'm just teasing. <coughs> it's yeah what a what a great year um, well, I'd say almost a year that I've been here but what a great year it's been um, getting to know the the youth at at Oak Grove um, even the new sixth graders that come up it's been fantastic and one of the things I want to really highlight was actually happened very recently last weekend we took the the youth um, to Arctic Advance um, at Camp Lebanon and which was really really great and we had a good time um, and, yeah, I just want to say God is working. God is working in the lives of our young people, um, which is fantastic. Um, and I've got a picture up here. We took 24 students and five leaders. Not all of them managed to be in that photo because some of them decided they want to sit at the back. You know, some of the seniors are like that, but it's okay. Mm. Uh, we had 24 of us five leaders we actually almost had about 31 in total um, going up which is pretty much the same as the previous year but it was big for me so that was great we had to rent two vans to take them up there and then Lindsay came up in her car the next day for the stragglers who couldn't make it on the Friday night as well but we have such an incredible young uh, group of young girls and young guys they had a blast while they were there um, But I've also seen a subtle change in attitude and behaviors since they've been there, which is so encouraging to see that God can just nudge certain things in people um, as he speaks to them. Uh, We're also grateful to have all those who poured into our kids before us. And Grant was one of the speakers at camp. Um, And so he, he came and he came to share. Yeah, you can give him a clap. Go for it it was quite funny because they had some of the speakers stand up on the stage to do a rap battle and um, when Grant came up it was the loudest shout probably because there were 28 of us <laughs> but it was the loudest shout ever and he ended up winning the rap battle for the second year in a row so good job Grant um, but we even had a, a special guest come and, and participate in the rap battle And we had given him the nickname Dr. Beat. And it was Brad Little. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we have a video. No, we don't have a video. I'm just teasing. (laughs) One of the the biggest things that I I really loved about our young guys and girls and seeing them at the camp was the interaction they had um, with one another. You can flip over. There you go. That room is a tiny room. It's got two pool tables and two carpet ball um, things going. And we pretty much (laughs) had the whole room covered. Not just with us, but with a bunch of other uh, kids from other churches. But the biggest thing that I see, if you could look in that photo, there's girls and guys mixed together. And you might think, well, yeah, there are boys and girls at a camp, of course. But if you come on a Wednesday night and you look at our youth group sitting in the chairs here, (laughs) girls on that side, guys on that side. So to see interaction in them is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And then obviously to hang out with a bunch of guys is always fun. Um, As you can see in the next one, we have all our guys just hanging out there watching Ryan play pool. Um, I think he won. I can't remember. And then we were able to, before we left um, the camp, we were able to take a big group photo. Um, Can you tell who's the odd one out there? Who does not belong? Anyone can guess? It's me. <laughs> if you look at everyone else, they're yeah, they're warm, but I'm like, I've got gloves, I've got a scarf, I've got a beanie, I've got a snow jacket. Everyone else is like, yeah, no, this is normal. I was cold. It was cold. And this last slide I wanna um, I just wanna share something that was a big encouragement to a lot of our kids. In the chaos, uh sorry, there was a song we sang there, and the lyrics went like this In the chaos he is constant, and in the fire he is faithful. And it was such a, an encouragement to me personally, just for going through what we are as a family, but even for our kids, knowing that some of them are going through difficult things in their lives, um, it was such an encouragement to say, hey, God is faithful and He's, he's constant in my life. Um, and the last thing on the Sunday, um, Tori Slippy, he's one of the youth pastors, he shared and he said, for the Christian, our concern to be is, should be to honor God, not what the outcome is. We often go, this is the outcome, it's a win. But the win is that we're honoring God and we are obeying God. So, no matter what you're doing, and I want to continue to encourage this to our young people honor God in everything. Don't just focus on whatever the outcome might be, and He will bless you. That's all. Thank you.
5: Good morning. So I just wanted to share a few words about the young adult ministry, as you can see on the screen here, and what a blessing it has been to, I guess me specifically. Um, so just a little backstory: a few years ago, before I came to this church, um, I was really looking for a church that focused on community, specifically, because I think in our culture today, it's really easy to be isolated. I just think with our busy schedules, paired with modern conveniences, it's just really easy to isolate yourself, and for me specifically, it's a challenge because all of my family lives at least a few hours away, so I knew I would have to be intentional about building community. So when I found this church, it was clear to see that God was doing something special here, and um, just going into the young adults group, it has been a huge blessing. Um, it's really meant a lot to me to have a place to go to study God's word with um, other young adults and just really figure out um, his plan for our lives, um, each specifically. I think that at this point in our, our lives, being young adults, um, each decision, whether it be big or small, um, is really foundational for setting the tone for each of our lives, and to have a group of people around you that um, is going through the same thing has been really meaningful. And I just wanted to give a special shout out to Grant and Jill, I don't know where they are, um, but thanks for just giving us a space that we can go and hang out, and thanks for the guidance, wisdom, fun, and food um, that you provide for us, so thank you.
6: Yeah, so I'm TJ, and I'm also going to talk a little bit about the Young Adult Ministry and kind of what it means to me. It's something I'm super grateful here at Oak Grove. We just have an incredible group of people that are really smart, insightful, and very curious about knowing who God is and want to dive deeper into his word and just grow closer to Jesus. Um, The last year, I've definitely seen God at work as our group continues to grow, and we gain more people, and I'm just so encouraged and excited by that and whether it is... um, Whether we're doing our Bible study, serving the church, the community, or just having fun playing whirly ball or hanging out at Grant's Cabin, um, we're building relationships that really mean something with each other, but also deeper with Jesus. And, uh, you know, it's great to come together with people in a similar stage of life as we grow closer to Jesus. And kind of like the end of Acts 2, I pray that God will continue to add to our numbers, knowing that we are realizing that we're different and seeing that God's at work.
7: Good morning. You don't have to listen to me or Brady this morning. we got a special treat today. Um, we've been so blessed at Chainbreakers to uh, uh, have some retirees, like like super experienced. Uh, Pastor Lee Ormiston, a family Baptist, he's been really involved. Tom Ward, who we all know and love, has been involved. Uh, he just got done speaking this last month. And uh, got Brady, our creative energy officer over here. Everybody knows our CEO. So uh, make, he'll greet you on the way out. And even down to the guy, the head chair picker, Upper Cannon. I mean, man, God is doing the work, and no gift is too large, no gift is too small. But uh, another one of our retirees, <clears throat> he doesn't look that old, but um, he is retired. But uh, we've had just the joy of walking alongside uh, Pastor Craig Miri and his wife Lynette. Uh, it was just kind of funny how it came together, their kids grew up, we got to know their family well, and uh, he just, he and his wife just jumped in, and, uh, and we're just so thankful for them, he teaches, he mentors, and so he's going to tell a little bit of his story, and uh, just kind of maybe what the last year was like for him, and, and how he can encourage the church, and I want to encourage you too to read, uh, read the, uh, the brochure that was handed out today, so you can hear about all the ministries and what God's been doing in detail. So let's give uh, Pastor Craig a little uh, Oak Grove welcome.
8: Thank you. Thank you very much. I feel welcome here. <clears throat> I want to say thank you to Oak Grove Church as a outsider of sorts. I'm not part of this family but I feel a kindred spirit with you. Uh, I've been pastoring in the Suburb of Plymouth for the last 34 years, and uh, now I'm retired and a very part-time pastor, which gives me the opportunity to expand into other ministries like Chainbreakers. It's been a joy for the last couple years for my wife and I to engage with this group. We've known Don and Cynthia for I won't tell you how many decades because it'll date them, but uh, it's been about five now. Uh, <clears throat> but as we've as, as we've jumped into Chainbreakers and. Be, become a regular part of this ministry, we have discovered something about our culture and about our world that we had been really somewhat inoculated from. We had ministered in a third tier suburb. We have, we have served among people who, whose addictions and whose sins are not as overtly on display, but they are more subtly camouflaged and kept in the basements of the third tier suburb. But we've also come to realize that as we've met people who have struggled with addictions, who have come out of prison, who have had serious life challenges that we have not experienced ourselves, that we need to look at the entire world through the lens of Romans 6, which tells us that all of us have chains. We have all lived under bondage to sin. And we all must meet at some point the great chain breaker. There's only one chain breaker, and that's Jesus Christ. We are little chain breakers in the sense that we lead people to Jesus so that he can break their chains. But all of us, as I picture the world through the lens of Romans 6, I see over 8 billion people scattered about this globe from infant to age to old age, all of whom wear chains until they have come to meet Jesus, who is the great chain breaker. And as he said, first words out of his lips in his formal ministry on this planet, he said in Nazareth in, this, in the synagogue, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That's the ministry of, of Jesus, and that's the ministry of Oak Grove Church but also of a ministry that is off-site, maybe out of sight to some of you, but a ministry nonetheless that has been supported and encouraged by this local church. I want to tell you just one story of, that, that may represent for you something of the ministry uh, of Chainbreakers. About a year ago, we met a young lady. I'll call her Natalie. That's not her name, but I'll call her Natalie. Natalie came to us on a Thursday night dressed to the nines because she thought it was a religious service that you had to dress up for, not realizing that the rest of us dressed like schleps. But uh, <laughs> as, as she came in, she came in trembling. She came in with a conviction, I need to be here. For some reason, I don't know why. But when the opportunity came to, to share stories, which is part of every, every Thursday night program, she got up and started talking, trembling, her little ponytail sticking straight up, above her head was just shaking like a, like a leaf in the wind until Cynthia went up there and put her hand on her shoulder and began to give her a bit of, bit of calm space. But she shared the story of how just recently, she and her fiance, who was about to go into a treatment program for drug addiction, the night before he went in, they decided to have one last fling. She woke up in the morning and he was dead. And she ended up in the hospital for a good month of recovery and realized that there is something, there's got to be something more than this journey. So someone who is a veteran of the Chainbreaker ministry who's already been discipled through this ministry, but had known her back in their, own, their old drug life, invited her to chain breakers. God put it on his heart to invite her to come. She came, became known to us and by us, and eventually my wife and others came alongside her and began to mentor her, and she trusted Jesus as her personal savior in a Bible study at Lunds Byerly's, just blocks away from this location, and now we have had the opportunity to watch this young lady who had been bound by the chains of sin and specifically the addiction to drugs gradually, actually, I would say, at lightning speed, become disengaged from that old life and engaged to a brand new life, growing in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's been thrilling. And it's a story that is repeated over and over. She will call my wife and just say, you won't believe the text of scripture I just read this morning. And she'll start something out of Jeremiah 27 or 29 and, and, or some psalm. And she's just excited about the truth of God's word and how it relates to her. She's growing in grace. She's being affirmed and reaffirmed by the Holy Spirit as she grows in this life. But she was brought as a second generation chain breaker, so to speak. And now she will have the opportunity to influence others to come as well. But... The beauty of this ministry, off-site and maybe out of sight, is that these kinds of things are happening on a regular basis, and even those that have been on this journey for a while, we continue to see growth and change in their lives. And then they're fed into local churches like this one. And I see some of them sitting around the tables here this morning, and it's thrilling to know that now they are being discipled in a local church, in a community of believers, growing in grace and in faith on a regular basis, and will be servants in this church together with you. So thank you for your investment in this ministry. It's been a tremendous blessing.
4: Amen. (laughs)
9: Amen. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Okay, come on. Good
10: morning. Uh, I wrote mine out so I could keep on track. <laughs> um, I'm Betty Stolberg, and I'm acting uh, as the liaison between Oak Grove and the Crystal Women's Clinic, formerly known as Robbinsdale Women's Center. Uh, Crystal Women's Clinic is a Christ-centered crisis pregnancy center that offers real hope through Jesus and real practical help to women that find themselves with an unplanned pregnancy. We were asked today to share actual stories of lives changed. So I'm going to read two short ones for you. The names were changed. Um, Already caring for a young child, Sylvia felt burdened to find herself pregnant again. She was being pressured to abort by the father of the baby, yet she was considering all options. She felt every option would be difficult. Seeing her baby on the ultrasound moved her to ask a lot of questions about her baby. After seeing the ultrasound, she said she didn't think she could abort anymore. Sylvia was eager to receive adoption agency brochures and wants to explore that option as she waits for her return follow-up appointment with CWC. Pray that she continues to listen to truth and gives life to this child. Second one, Sandra came to CWC undecided about her pregnancy. She had experienced abortion before and felt conflicted on whether she was willing to have another abortion. Sandra was battling housing issues and simply didn't feel ready for another child. An RTP, real time prayer request, was sent out. And as prayers went up for Sandra, her ultrasound began. She was relaxed and smiled throughout the whole ultrasound. Afterwards, she said that she wants to carry her baby. On her follow-up appointment, she appeared much more upbeat and at peace with her decision to parent. Praise God for giving her clarity and courage to choose life for her child. These are just two lives changed because of your prayer and monetary support of the CWC they receive no funds from the government and after all and offer all services free of charge what else could you do might you ask the RTP re- mentioned is simply a ministry that connects you with what's happening in the clinic in real time if you can receive and reply to text messages to pray on the spot god changes their hearts and lives for his glory and for the saving of lives if you don't already support cwc with financial resources ask me about the upcoming fundraising gala lastly get involved with the election process in our state and local government caucuses are coming up this on tuesday february 27th let them know that pro-life issues are of great importance to you Call your representative. We need um, such things as the need to stop the bill to amend the Minnesota State Constitution, guaranteeing the right to kill a preborn baby, including an eight-pound baby up to the day it is born. This is what's coming up. Have a say in who we see on the ballot in November. And thank you again for your support.
9: One of the things we have to realize is that um, we want our reach to touch all of our communities. It's not just about what we do here. And I wanna take just a second to remind you of our vision. And before I do that, I do also wanna mention that um, our report has a lot of other stories you're not gonna hear on stage this morning, but it will also give you a better glimpse in terms of some of the ministries. But I, and I think it's one of the things that is part of this is the generosity of all of you to support what we do here to make it viable. And I just want to personally thank all of you for your amazing generosity to help us not just keep us going because that's not really the goal, but to continue to grow and develop individuals who have such a love for Christ and have the attitude of a servant that wherever they go in life, they're taking Jesus with them to make a difference. Whether it's in the community, whether it's on a a chain breakers, whether it's in our children's ministry, or whether it's with your neighbors or the people you work with. Part of our heart and vision in this place is that we believe everybody is called to be a disciple and a disciple maker of Christ. And that's what our goal is. Uh, I want to simply take a minute to talk about our vision and just remind you of what we are doing. And I'm just literally going to remind you of it by reading through these frameworks and then our team's gonna come back and close off our time yeah, with a final worship song, and I know some of you are already thankful for me to say that's because you know we're not gonna go for another hour and a half like we did last year. There's no end to the stories, and I wanna challenge you, whether it's today or in the next week, that you might share with someone else around you as part of this community or someone that you know in your home or family, how you personally have seen God make a difference in your life or through you over this last year. I think every one of us needs to tell our story, not to prove what we're doing, but to validate the idea that we recognize God working in our life. There's nothing more discouraging to have Christians who don't have any idea what difference God is making. And and we don't wanna be that kind of church and we don't wanna be that kind of people. Our vision frame is simple. As God continually impacts us, our spiritual health will be measured by our intentional activity to reach beyond the walls of this building to actively fulfill the mission of the gospel in our community and our country and our world. Our vision is this, every person can be a disciple maker as an outpouring of being a follower of Christ. Now that's just not my idea, Jesus said that in Matthew 28. Go, he said to his disciples, go and make disciples. That's what defines who we are and what we're called to do. We wrap our lives around four core values. We are always going to be gospel centered. And that's going to be the lens by which we look at everything in life. We don't step aside from the gospel and look at the cultural issues to see if the gospel fits. Everything has to be veiled through the gospel. If it's not, it's so easy to get off track. It doesn't take more than one or two degrees to get away from the gospel before all of a sudden we're caught in all kinds of issues and we're not bringing Christ to bear to help heal and give hope to people who need their chains broken because of the gospel of Jesus. We're always gonna stay biblically focused. That's tough in a world that's in some ways reinterpreting the Bible in lots of different ways and we want to be faithful to the truth of God's word. This is what defines our reality. This is what shapes what we do and how we do it. I've already talked about making disciples and finally, we don't wanna just be good people or moral people, we want to be spirit-energized and spirit-filled people who rely on the power of Christ to keep on healing us so that we in turn, without hypocrisy, can extend that to other broken people who are in the same journey that we are. We don't have this self-contained reality in ourselves that I've got my act together and you don't. We are all in the journey of having God bring healing and recovery and reconciliation and hope and joy and kindness and compassion and mercy to flourish within the heartbeat of our lives so that we can extend not us but Jesus into the lives of others. The, The core values that we work with are simply a stepping stone to our convictions. If you've been around here long enough, you'll you'll know that one of my deep convictions is this building is not the church. If that's new to you, wow, I'd love to chat with you after because I got a whole repertoire of stuff I could talk about. I don't see this room here as the sanctuary because the sanctuary is that the spirit of God indwells all true believers and that's his dwelling place. That's the temple for the presence of God in this world. And so this isn't any holier ground than any other part of the the building. And so as part of that, our approach to mission is not a program, but it's people. In fact, more specifically, it's you and me. And that will never be fulfilled unless we surrender so much to the presence of God in us that the love of Christ compels us to step beyond our own insecurities and our own limitations, so that we trust that the power is in the gospel, not in your presentation. That's where we have to learn that it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that's our hope and dream for every person. You can't manufacture it, you can't force people to conform to it, but we want this to be a place of deep grace and, the sense of God's mercy and compassion so that you are changed by the work of the Spirit of God in your heart, not necessarily by our program. Our spiritual health will be measured by our impact outside these walls even more than the impact that we have in these walls. I am so thankful for the ministries and the people that are servants of God who want to invest in the people that they're serving here in the, in the ministry structures that we have. But my dream is that we are making such an impact outside of our program and our events as we live in the world and in our communities that we have all kinds of people that wanna be part of this community, not to make us bigger, but they find Christ here. That's the goal. And we need to realize, every one of us, that you are the message of Christ wherever you're at and it's totally unique because you might be the only message of Christ that's in your workplace, or at your school, or at your place of business, or in your neighborhood, or at the coffee shop that you happen to hang out at. And we need to believe that God takes broken vessels, and as he continues to heal and transform us, he can use our small steps of faith to transform other people's lives, just like you heard today. Our dream is that everybody becomes a spiritual parent even if you're single, because a spiritual parent has the love for lost people enough that they're willing to risk the friendship to share the hope of the gospel, and that they are equipped, because of our investment in them, that when they come to Christ, they don't send them to Pastor Grant or Pastor Brad or Pastor Ross. They say, listen, I'll meet with you and I'll help walk with you in this journey And I have the resources and the relationship with Jesus that I can walk you to become a full disciple of Jesus. That's what we're after. And so our convictions are to equip us beyond our limitation and our brokenness so that our identity in Christ gives us confidence in what Christ can do no matter where you're at in life. We want to live through the lens of the gospel And we want to sacrifice our desires and times and resources to become servants of Christ. We're in the Gospel of Mark on Sunday mornings. And I'll tell you right now, we can have all the talent in the world, but sometimes the most effective person in the hands of God is not people with the most talent, but with the people who have a heart that they want to be servants of Jesus Christ. Those can be very, very different. And so as we walk through this process, we want to utilize generosity and good works. Our, our theme that we have camped on is that we want to be great neighbors to our neighbors, which simply means we want to utilize generosity and good works to build intentional relationships so that we can expand the impact and the cost of the gospel in your neighbors and in your friendships. I uh, think I've told some of you, but if you're new to us, I was singing Jesus Loves Me to my granddaughter over Christmas time because our kids came out to visit us. And she hadn't heard the song very many times so she'd kind of run off and I was jokingly saying, "Well, she's running away from me. And my daughter said, well dad, that's because she knows you have an agenda. And I said, of course I have an agenda. Jesus had an agenda, he came to seek and to save that which is lost. And of course I have an agenda, I want my granddaughter and my neighbor, the person I work with, the individual that I meet at Snap Fitness, I have an agenda to help them discover the answer to life, and that's Jesus. And I hope that what you've heard here today empowers you to consider the reality that that's what Jesus wants for you as well. We want to be a place of hope and healing, but we're not creating a holy huddle. We want to empower individuals to live out their faith in a real broken world so that the people that you love and connect with Discover how much God loves them. And that's where we're striving in 2024. And we would love to have you join us. God doesn't want spectators. He wants service. Who understand that every single day they die to self and take up their cross and follow him finish off, I'm gonna ask our team to come up and close with a song, and I'm gonna ask you to pray with me as they come. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are humbled by the reality of who you are. And as we look back on 2023, we see so many things that begin to filter into our mind that, that remind us that you are a God who is far more active than we are in terms of desiring all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Father, the greatest adventure in life is to live for things that will last for eternity. And so we pray that we might value things that are unseen to our physical eyes and yet the greatest treasure of our heart. Father, help us to serve you. Help us to honor and glorify you. And so we ask that you take our lives and in some ways never allow us to be content where we're at, but to continue to strive, compelled by the love of Christ, to be ambassadors for you in a lost and dark and broken world. And for this we pray in Christ's name,
3: amen.